feels important to me to address the church this morning just to try to give some language and hopefully give some understanding to what is happening. If you were here last week, I can't imagine if this was your first Sunday. Um, Funny enough, we're having a newcomer's lunch (laughs) after service. So if you haven't run away yet, we want you to stay for lunch. You probably feel like fasting, so do I. I've heard heard it said, and I believe this is true, that good leaders give language to what is rumbling in the hearts of people. And I was weighing that this morning, saying, Father, how do I give language to what is rumbling? Do you feel a stir this morning? Do you feel an unusual sense of God's presence? I mean, people are being gripped everywhere. There's something unique that God is doing across the earth right now. And it grieves my heart that so many will totally miss it. There are people that have no idea, no grasp. No sense, no inability to discern the times and seasons in which we live. But I want it to be said of this house that we understood. That we had eyes and ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Jesus said, eyes and ears to hear because there are those that are deaf and those that are blind and those that are not rightly perceiving what He's doing in the earth. So I want this morning, just in a couple moments, if you'll hang with me and you'll hang in there, to try to give language to the rumble, to try to give direction to what is happening. Last week we repented for over three hours. There's more repentance that is breaking out. This week has been the week of everybody asking me questions that I don't know the answer to. I have been overwhelmed and overrun, and I'm not saying anybody did anything wrong. I'm just saying I have never spent so much time on the phone in my life. I literally looked it up this morning. I sent over 1,000 text messages this week. Somebody pray me in a personal assistant. (laughs) He's not available right now. He's praying, (laughs) and he'll be praying for the next month. You're going to have to wait. But I understand that the Lord is moving and He's doing something and we want to yield to Him. You heard me say it this morning that God is literally coming to take back His church. The phrase that is burning deeply on my heart is this, host the Holy Ghost. If we would have a shift in our churches across this nation and we would begin to host the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, everything would change. If we could begin to repent as church leaders all over this nation that we have not hosted God, but we have hosted people, we would see a radical transformation. I believe that God isn't after revival. He's after reformation in His body. Of course, He wants to breathe life and bring dead things to life. This is good. But in order for it to be sustained in the house of the Lord, structurally and systemically, things are going to have to shift. The way that we do church needs to go in the garbage can and the presence of God needs to come in power. 
We have hosted people. We have catered to the expectations and desires of lukewarm people so well that we have kicked God out of His own house. And I believe that the Lord is calling us at our Father's house to host the presence and to say, Jesus, whatever we need to do, whatever we need to say, however much, whatever you're requiring, Lord, there's nothing that you could not ask us to do that we're unwilling to do. This means that everything is out on the table. I'm telling you, we've had leadership meetings in this church in the past week where the overwhelming sense that every single one of us to a man and woman had was everything is about to change. And I realize that if a spirit of fear is upon you, then me saying that is going to terrify you. But if you're free and you're connected to God and you're in touch with what the Lord is doing, that ought to excite you. Because these are exciting days in our lives. I'm telling you, there's no greater time in the earth than right now. God is restoring a sense of urgency to His bride. Some of us have been frantic. Some of us have been fearful. And we've called that urgency. But no, God is purifying a sense of urgency that comes with peace. That comes with, I don't know what's coming, but God is preparing us. I'm here to tell you that the church of Jesus Christ across the world mostly missed the lessons that He wanted to teach us through COVID-19. See, A.W. Tozer said that a scared world needs a fearless church. Unfortunately, what we found was a scared world met an even more scared church. We let the government and we let unholy men and women tell us that we were not essential because deep down we knew we were not essential because what we have is not working and what we're doing isn't changing anybody. So he said, sure, we might as well go home. I met a pastor during COVID who said, you know what? Things are great in my church. Giving is up. I'm having a nice time off. I'm enjoying not having people in. I'm enjoying taking a a vacation. And this is what fills the pulpits in our nation. And we wonder why we have bigger buildings and bigger programs and bigger offerings. And yet there's no transformation in our country. And we're in the midst of a moral collapse. We're so confused that we don't even know what a man or a woman is anymore. And if you don't think that pedophilia is coming... If you don't understand the demonic perversion that is going to sweep and invade this nation, if you don't understand that there are people right now that are angry, they're up to their neck in rage because they can't legally slaughter babies anymore. If you don't have a discernment that all of this is spiritually influenced, that there are real deceiving spirits and real evil things that are at work, that even the elect will be deceived, that we need to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God, and we need to be fellowshipping with people that have fire of their own. Because now is the hour for every single one of us to get our own oil before the Lord. You cannot feed off of my walk with God anymore. You cannot feed off of sermons on YouTube anymore. You need to be in the Word, reading, fasting, praying, and encountering Jesus for yourself, or you are not going to make it. You are not going to be able to hold on to the pressure and the crisis that is going to strike this nation. I don't understand what is coming, but I know that there's an awakening happening. I know that people are, that have been sleeping all their lives are like, what have I been doing? 
We've had people calling, texting, voicemails, stopping by the church unannounced just to repent of their sins. You can't make people do that. You can, I'd like to think it was my preaching, but I know it wasn't. No, here's the reality. Here's what I've realized before the Lord. That the majority of what God has done in my life and in this church isn't because of me, it's in spite of me. I have been stubborn, I have been ignorant, I have been totally out to lunch in my heart. I have felt miserable, I have felt like a victim of the call of God, I have felt overworked and underpaid. God is flushing all this trash out in us. Tell me, tell me something, is this ugly today? It is. This is so beautiful in the sight of God. If you have spiritual eyes to see and hear, but listen, if you plan on hanging on to your pets and your sin, if you're dedicated to lukewarmness, this ought to scare you. But I hope that it frightens you to a place where you wake up in God and you realize now is the time. I still have a chance right now to reorient my life and make Jesus Christ the center of everything I do and say. I still have a chance right now in the earth to stop robbing God with my money and start sowing into what He's doing in the earth. Had a few less amens on that one. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And where your treasure isn't, there your heart isn't also. Can we say we treasure Jesus and we value Jesus, but our money is stored up somewhere? I've heard every excuse in the book from everybody for, for years. And it's like, at the end of the day, lukewarm people say, I can't afford to give. People that have seen Jesus say, I can't afford not to. Because it's a revelation and a sight issue. It's a trust issue. Fear keeps us in bondage over our money. And the reason why God desires it from us is to liberate us so that we don't make a God out of it. So that we don't find comfort in it. So that we don't end up sleeping in the hour of visitation because we were so busy trying to store up a big 401k. Trust me, wisdom isn't bad. Planning isn't bad. But when those things literally cut God out of your life where He's not the priority, I mean, I've been asking myself, could I honestly write a check for every dollar in my bank account? We're talking about levels of sacrifice, of real repentance sweeping our hearts where we're not holding on to anything anymore. We love to say, oh, Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And we leave out, they did not love their lives unto death. I think we're all being convicted because we love our lives. Because we're selfish, rich, self-centered Americans that need a revelation that God is greater and that he's waking up the earth. He is bringing us out of the seduction of entertainment and perversion and he's bringing us into the knowledge the true knowledge of the son of god somebody say amen, amen. could we play the first video i want to give you a grid for what is happening in the earth i've got two videos i want to play and then i want to address what does this mean for our father's house and what does this mean for the wider body of the lord and then what are we supposed to do with all this can we play the first clip becoming harder and harder to explain a lot of the things that we're seeing in purely political terms. You have to reach for theological language to really understand it. Some of it's just evil. 
And who knows why, but it is. And a lot of people are starting to figure that out. And the good news is a lot of people are starting to think more about what happens when you die. They're becoming much more interested in the spiritual life, which has been basically extinguished in the public square for a long time. So here's a sign that people are becoming more interested. Asbury University, which is a private Christian college in Wilmore, Kentucky, outside Lexington, began hosting a prayer service a week ago, but it never ended. It's still going on. People just keep showing up from around the world. The university has even set up overflow chapels to accommodate demand. Here's what it looks like. So we keep hearing about this. There haven't been many news If we're not able to get it back, that's okay. It's good enough. There's nothing political about that, okay? Honestly, they were the only ones in a national lens that covered it. <clears throat> I wonder why. You see what's happening in Wilmore, Kentucky. I'm telling you, there are churches in this nation that are on fire. College campuses are catching fire. Gen Z, who everybody dismissed and said, oh, they're going to go. No, God is awakening because he's going to have his people in every generation. There's a remnant. Listen to me. What God can't get in the hole, he gets in the few. He has his remnant everywhere and every place. He has people who are fully and totally devoted to him. And he's sweeping Gen Z into his kingdom. This should excite us. As we've been talking to people all over, they're like, I, I haven't even heard. I mean, I'm like, what rock do you live under? It's called the rock of religion. Did you hear me? If your ears are so stuffed with denominational boundaries, if you're so blinded by what God is doing in my church, it's my church, my church, my church. It's like all of that thinking has to go. We need to get connected to the wider body of the Lord. Those are our brothers and sisters there singing and encountering God. Amen. Amen. All right, let's let's play the next video. This is from uh, Christ Fellowship in Dawsonville, you, Georgia. Do you know why? Asbury University in Kentucky is now experiencing a great move 53 years later from the last time God sat down in that same place because a group of students started repenting and returning and praying. Do you know why in, in, in Ormond Beach, Florida, just this morning, a big mega church, mega ministry had something shift this morning? And they said, we don't know what's going on, but I believe revival's here. We're coming back tonight. They're meeting right now for the first time on Sunday nights because they said God is doing something. He's doing something. Exactly what happened here five years ago. No Sunday night services, but we felt something shifting. We got to come back. It's happening in Ormond Beach, Florida right now. Right now. Right now in Indiana. 
right now in Indiana, Paul Johnson, your church there in Indiana, you've been here, you've been immersed in your church this morning. Repentance broke out before worship even, before they sang the first song, before the word was preached, people began to weep and repent and return. And, and Paul said, we got to come back tonight. They're meeting tonight. God's moving at Asbury in Indiana, in Ormond Beach, Florida. And he's moving right here. So don't sit back and just watch like you're experiencing something on a, on a screen. Get in it. Get in the river. The river of God is teeming with life, life more abundantly. Let's let a shout come from this house tonight. Let's let a roar come from this house, from within you. Jesus the Lamb, Jesus the King, we adore you. There's not another place on the planet that's going to be louder than me. Come on, when we get done, when we get done worshiping, we should have makeup running, sweat dripping from everywhere because the King poured himself out for us. Let's pour ourselves out for him. Anybody in the room? Anybody ready? Get out from behind your seat. We encourage you, get down here. Get real close. Lift your hands. All you are watching at home, lift your hands. Be a part of this. Lamb of God, the one that stirred the water all those years ago, stir it again. As the Spirit was moving over the waters, Spirit come move over us. Move in Indiana. Move in Asbury. Don't let it in. Move in Ormond Beach. Fire of God come. Awaken your church. Awaken your church. In Jesus' name. Amen. You, do you know why Asbury University in Kentucky is now experiencing? We need to understand that this is so much bigger than our Father's house. This is about what Jesus is doing in the earth. Leonard Ravenhill said that the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. I hope that you're being filled right now with a sense that you have the opportunity of a lifetime to go all in on God. To repent for lukewarmness, to repent for mixed up priorities. I'm telling you, all of our idolatry is about to stare us back right in the face. All of the things that are more important than Jesus are looking back at us. And God is giving us the courage and the strength in this hour to tear down idolatry in our hearts and be truly connected to the Lord Himself. Amen. So where do we go from here? I told you, everyone, what are we all? I mean, it's been insane. In the best of ways. These are the kind of problems you want to have. I mean, otherwise, we're left with gossip and slander and complaining and whining in church. I'll be vulnerable with you. The, the Saturday before last and the Sunday morning, I was like, man, maybe we should shut our church down for three months. We did a reset in October where we missed three weeks. And we said it's time to repent for the influence of church culture and consumerism and wanting somebody to feed us. It's time to repent for the attitude that says, I didn't get anything out of it today. 
and start showing up with oil in our lamps to give and to pour out and to see God move and touch hearts and lives and generations. It's time for a shift in our thinking. It's time for us to grow up and mature in Christ and begin to carry what He's called us to carry. So I'm at a a loss. Lord, what do we do? I was just crying out to God like, Father, this just feels like church. It just feels like we're going through the motions. It just feels like all the niceties and pleasantries. And I want to see your power and your presence transform lives. I want to get rid of my excuses and my sin and see you move in my generation and see you move in my city. I want to see Avon for Jesus Christ. I want to see Hendricks County for Jesus Christ. There are almost 200,000 people that live right here in this county. Plainfield, Avon, Brownsburg, Danville. That's a lot of souls. That's a lot of people that need to hear the truth. But can I tell you something that's a stronghold over this region? It's this. We have bought into the lie that passion is a result of personality. Let me say it over here. We bought into the lie that passion is a result of personality. Guys, passion is not yelling on a microphone. Passion is a steady, on-fire devotion to Jesus all your days. But we believe, oh, well, they just get it and I don't. No, look in the mirror. Why don't you get it? Jeff Lyle says, crucify your excuses. They were handed to you by the devil. That's a word. That's a kind of word. That's a hit me again. Put it on repeat. Crucify my excuses. They were handed to me by the devil. The voice that's telling you that I'm on one right now and that this church is a little too radical is the devil. Because it's the lullaby of the Midwest that says, just live your comfortable, normal, cute life. Why in the world are pastors from churches in the southeast coming to Indiana on Tuesday night and Wednesday night because they've heard about what God is doing? They're excited. See, my fear is that people are going to come from other states, but Indiana is going to remain sleeping. I'm telling you that something broke off of my life in the Holy Ghost when I repented last week and this week for hating living here. I said, Lord, this is my assignment. This is where you sent us. This is where you called me back to. This is the land of my inheritance. And this is where I'm going to leave a legacy for you in the earth. So we're here to stay, snowflakes and all. And I mean that in both senses of the word. I feel like somebody's going to give me like a snow globe as a gift or something. Like, oh, I'll be like, Psh. So what do we do? What is happening? This is the reset being realized. The reset. Listen, if you don't know what is the reset, there's a, a paper back there on the wall. It says church culture and kingdom culture. You grab yourself one of those and read through it and the reset was where we were moving out of church culture into kingdom culture where we were coming out of consumerism and laziness and idolatry and into full-hearted devotion and sacrifice to Jesus where we were moving out of fellowshipping out of convenience and coming into fellowshipping out of conviction before God there's only two kinds of people 
Listen, if you're like, hey, well, what's going on? I guess we're just having more church. Your heart is off. You're missing what God is doing. I guess they just want to get together more. No, this is about what Jesus is doing. This is that you could be at home. I urge you, consider maybe taking time off. Have you ever used your vacation days for Jesus? I'm telling, listen, if the Lord Jesus is coming back in a week from now, you won't wish that you had spent another this or that. You won't. And I'm not saying he's coming back in a week. I don't know. All I'm saying is that sense of urgency and expectation and hunger is what God is trying to inject in the church. He's trying to wake up the sleepers in this nation. He's trying to bring Indiana to life. Did you know that we're called the crossroads of America? The crossroads have been sleeping. People have been moving in and out of our state with hunger for God and traveling all around. We need fire in Indiana. We need the Holy Ghost and power in this region. See, I decided, listen, if being here is going to be painful, and it is, then it's going to be worth it. We're going to make the devil pay. We're going to punch every tooth out of his mouth for Jesus Christ. And I don't mean physical violence. Don't let me lose you. There's something that God is stirring in the earth. So last Sunday we repent. Three hours. We're repenting. We're, well, I mean, God comes and just wrecks this place. It was ugly, was it not? If you didn't think it was ugly, it's because you didn't repent. And so we said, we got to come back, like you heard Marty say down there at Christ Fellowship. We got to come back. We're like, we've never done this, but we need to come back. I said, what time does the Super Bowl kick? Someone yelled, 6 30. I said, 6 30 it is. We might as well meet right in the face of entertainment. We had people that said, man, we bought hundreds of dollars of food for the Super Bowl. I'm like, I guess you better give it to the homeless or something. And it ain't that the Super Bowl's bad. Listen, there's always that voice to defend the whole entertainment industry in our minds. We are Americans. We're drunk on it. This is why people went nuts in 2020 when there was no football and nothing on. Because we're like, what do we do? Our, some, we're like a baby that took our pacifier. And we're lost and angry. You guys okay? I love you. I love you at a soul level. I love you enough to tell you the truth. But I love you so much that I'm getting in the river myself. I'm not going to put something on you that God isn't putting on me. So Sunday night we gather. We had a measure of presence here. A level in the Holy Ghost at minute three that was fire. I mean the roar was so deafening it was overwhelming. We were seeing God break out. Some of you that follow me on Facebook, whatever, I started sharing. Do you know I've never shared publicly about a church service in five years? I just feel like it's corny and overrated. God moved in my church today. It's like, no, it was like, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to boast in me and tell people what I'm doing and let them know what I'm stirring. So I put it out there, and that's how they found out. Todd Smith, who pastors the church there, texted me on January 16th and said, Paul, I want you to prepare your heart for a surge because God has watched you. And I was in such a poor place. I said, oh, God, I started complaining. Lord, I don't want it. I don't all this stuff. And it's like, here, no, the Lord says, just give me all that. No more excuses. No more games. No more reasons why we can't fulfill the call of God on all of our lives. 
No more reasons why we're half in and half out. No more shaking hands with the world and with Jesus at the same time. It's not going to work and it's not going to last. You're going to get picked off by the enemy from what the Lord is doing in this church and in the earth if you are still committed to your lukewarmness. But it's not my preaching that's going to convict you of your apathy and indifference. It's the Holy Ghost. It's a connection with God that shifts things in your heart, that brings true repentance, that brings lasting transformation. Amen? So what do we do? Sunday night's fire. What do we do? Well, we meet as a leadership team Monday night. More of the same. I mean, we go, we gather, we're like, all right, let's pray. And this wasn't your little five minute, oh, thank you, God, so much. Now let's get to the business of the church. The presence, the weighty presence of God comes in the room, and we start weeping, and we start repenting to one another, and we start confessing our sins to each other. And we're like, man, we got to get right as leaders. We got to get right in our own lives. We got to own this stuff. That's why we started with leadership this morning. Because we're not going to put something on you that God isn't actively working in our lives. If the oil of this thing is going to flow from the top down, it has to start with us. God is turning up the heat in this place. He's wanting to set us on fire. He's turning up the heat all over the earth. And those that are playing games and full of lip service and excuses are not going to last. Are you hearing me this morning? I'm warning you by the Holy Spirit. So what do we do? We gather Monday night, we pray, and then it's like, Lord, I I felt like the Lord put Lance Johnson on my heart. I'm like, Lord, I got to call Lance. So I call Lance. We've talked before. We've met a couple of times. We had this powerful encounter in Kentucky in January where the Lord did a lot of stuff. And so I just said, man, I feel like I'm supposed to call Lance. So I call Lance. I say, Lance, here's what's happening. Do you have any advice? He said, brother, he said, I'm in the, at the North Georgia Revival on Sunday night celebrating five years there. And then I'm in Kentucky on Monday. He said, let me come up and just pray with you. He said, let's, let's just get our face in the carpet together and seek God's face. I have a couple of days. I don't have to be in Tennessee till Friday. I said, Lance, I so appreciate your humility, but if you're coming to pray, you're coming to preach. Because that brother can preach. If you don't like my preaching, you're really not going to like Lance Johnson's preaching. That dude will put the fear of God in you. He preached a message in Georgia in October that ruined my life for Jesus Christ. He preached a message and stirred up an inferno that brought me to the altar where God said to me, Paul, you have fought me at every turn and transition of your life and I want you to stop. And after I could gather myself, I was like, Lord, we're in transition? And the Lord's like, yes, son. (laughs) Okay. So this is the reset being realized. This is things getting real. The reset was words in October. It's reality right now. So what do we do? We say, well, we got to meet again on Sunday night. Well, then Lance is coming. It's like, so we're going to meet tonight at 630 if you haven't heard. 630, we're going to be back here. And again, I don't, we're not going to put a label on it. We're not going to get ahead of God. We're just going to seek His face as He directs us. We're going to gather as much oil. We're going to stir as much hunger and passion for God because it's hunger for Jesus that's going to draw His presence. But I believe humility is going to help us sustain it. That's going to bring the holiness of God. That's going to cause us to honor one another rightly. That's going to get the body in health together. Are you hearing me this morning? 
So we're meeting at 6.30. So Lance says, man, I, you know, I got I to gotta come and pray. I said, you got to come and pray and preach. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, no, no, you, no, no, no. I know we're not related, but them Johnson boys got a little bit of fire. He has a better accent than I do. He'll tell you, he, I'm a country boy from Hickory Flat, Georgia. Wait, wait till you hear him. He's a blessed brother. There are other pastors from Kentucky, others from Georgia. There are some from Florida that are coming up. They're coming to be a part of our Awake Indiana meetings on Tuesday and Wednesday night at 7. But as in an effort to throw as much gas on the fire, can we put up the prayer slide? We felt like we were supposed to open this building for prayer on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So we're going to have this open. We have musicians coming in. We have some from Texas. Ross Rains will be back with us. We're going to open this for prayer. So you can come and seek the Lord tomorrow, Tuesday, or Wednesday. We can put this in an email to make sure everybody gets it. There might be live worship here. There might be worship just playing through the speakers. But we're just going to open this place up and say, God, come and have your way. Come and awaken this church. Come and stir this region. And I believe that Tuesday night and Wednesday night with Lance are strategic meetings in the hand of the Lord to bring awakening to our state, to bring unity to our state. I believe that God, through this whole thing, here's what he's doing. Please Listen, he's moving us out of a local church mentality into a regional kingdom mentality. You've had people come in here for years and prophesy regional impact. And it's like, how are we going to have a regional impact without regional meetings, without regional gatherings, without a heart for our county, for our city, for our state? We've got to think bigger. We've got to realize that God is wanting to do something with our lives. Listen, if you are a part of the Our Father's House family, I believe with all my heart that God brought you to this house prior to this happening so that you would find your place in seeing God move in power. Here's what the Lord is asking from all of us. He's looking for a pile of dead flesh as an offering to Him. He's looking for us to get over ourselves, to stop complaining. Listen, dead people don't complain. Dead people can't whine. Jesus is after our hearts. I believe he's beckoning us at our father's house to go all in and bet on him. To not withhold from Christ any longer and see God move in power. Are you excited for what the Lord is going to do? But there's a sense of fear of God and holy anticipation. I mean, I feel gripped in my heart by what the Lord is doing right now. Do you feel that? Do you sense that? I pray that you do because it's only the Holy Ghost churning in your insides that's going to cause you to see what's happening rightly. I believe we have to allow God to make our Father's house what He wants it to be. And not what we want it to be. Are you hearing me? We need to allow the Lord to define our Father's house for Himself and to Himself. It belongs to no one but Christ. I wrote here what is happening in the wider body of Christ. God is taking back His church. He's the main attraction. We're shifting to host the Holy Ghost. Sleeping saints are waking up. Indiana is waking up. 
religious tradition is being confronted in this hour. Do you know what is a greater stronghold than addiction? Religious tradition. I'm telling you, it is easier to win a crack addict to Christ than it is a Pharisee. Then it is someone that's buried in denominational thinking and can't break outside of the box. Guys, you have people, this is, this is going to stumble some of you, but I need to say it. You have people that idolize the book over the author. Is that real? Oh, that's so real. No, let, don't misunderstand me. This is the inspired word of God. There's no error in it. It's infallible. It's written by Him and breathed by the Holy Ghost. It's our final authority for all matters of life and doctrine. If it violates the word of God, we're wrong. Somebody say amen. amen. You're going to need that staple down in you because people are going to challenge what the word has to say. It says in the last days they will gather up for themselves teachers that tell them what their itching ears want to hear. People are going to say, man, we don't like your teaching because it's full of too much truth. So we'll go find someone who will tell us what we want to hear. Y'all, if the preaching that you hear, wherever you go, wherever you're from, I don't know. But if the preaching that you hear doesn't convict you of sin, you're either totally out of touch with your own heart or you're somewhere that's so lukewarm they're hiding the truth and you need to relocate. Because remember, we've hosted people. The word of God is offensive. Jesus saying he looks at the rich young ruler and it says, and he loved him. And then he said, go and sell all you have. We've invented a version of God's love that looks like accepting sin, and that's not love. When you pull truth out of love, you are left with tolerance. And tolerance is what the American church is drunk on. We're so busy trying to love our neighbor that actually we worship not offending them. So some of you are looking at me like, what do we do? God is moving, stirring. I'm hearing you, Paul. What should we do? Here's what I'm going to tell you to do. You need to share the gospel with every one of your friends and family now. We need to stop making excuses for our lack of evangelism, for why we don't follow the Great Commission and make disciples and teach them the commands of Jesus. You need to make Jesus Christ an issue in your family today. Not a lot of amens. Here's the deal, and guys, I know this pain. The gospel plow cuts deepest at the family level. The gospel plow, that blade cuts us deepest at the family level. Why? Because Jesus redefined family and said, Who are my mother and my brothers? But he who does the will of God. As I'm telling you, Jesus' statements on family are scandalous. He said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Why is it that our Lord said, don't think I came to bring peace? Because he was warning us of the deception that people are going to turn me into a, oh, Jesus is just all about this peace. No, there's real peace in God when you preach the gospel. When you stand for the truth, when you don't have anything gnawing in your conscience in the back of your mind, when you know that your life and heart is right with God, when you don't have any secrets, that's when the peace of God comes. But Jesus didn't come to bring peace. He came to bring a sword. He says that family is going to betray family. 
Fathers are going to turn against their sons and brothers and sisters and it's going to be a mess. Why? Because this is how Jesus works. Because you're either all in or you're all out. You have that family member in your mind right now. I want to challenge you to write it down. Go after that thing. Don't you dare back down. Don't you dare get intimidated by the enemy and start hiding your light. Listen, the world doesn't ask for permission to talk about their sin. Why have we asked for permission to talk about Jesus? Everybody can brag about their one night stand and how crazy it was in the club last weekend. But we're like, would you like to hear about my Lord and Savior? Because we're cowards. Because we fear rejection and we fear man more than we fear God. When our fear of God is greater than our fear of man, then we'll preach the gospel. Then we'll embrace the rejection that Jesus promised us. But I'm telling you, the love of our own comfort zones is what is going to kill us and cut us off from God in this hour. He is coming to literally break the box of our comfort zone. He is coming to break us out of normal. We were meeting on Monday night as leaders. It was like everything's about to change. I don't know what this is going to look like or how this is going to work, but man, we can't go back to what we were doing. I said we might as well literally just wipe the calendar. Whatever we had planned, God's coming to take over. The American Jesus says, I want to come over for dinner. The Jesus of the scripture says, I'm coming to take over your whole life and I want it all now. They saw Jesus and they followed him. It was an immediate, Lord, I drop everything to follow you. And those that made excuses and those that had something to do first were the ones that he rebuked. The Lord is addressing our priorities right now. Please, please don't let my preaching scare you. I'm hoping to push you into the prayer closet. I'm hoping to push you to God. I'm hoping to put the fear of the Lord in you where you go and you say, Lord, is there any truth to what he's saying? Are you really stirring the earth right now? Is the hand of the Lord really mingling in our nation and people are waking up? I believe that's the truth. I wanted to show you those videos so that you would not be blind, so that you would not be ignorant. Again, I plead with you. How is it that pastors and leaders from around the, the country are coming here to be a part of Tuesday and Wednesday? And I'm already grieving that Indiana's going to miss out. That our dear people are going to miss what God is doing in the earth because we love the comfort of familiar faces more than we love Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you can increase your conviction right now? Lord, we're asking for a greater conviction of sin. We're asking that you would take us before your throne, O Lord. That you would pull us in close. We pray, Father, that the smell of death would flow forth from this house. That you would find people that are dead to their own desires. That are dead to their own dreams. That are dead to the American dream. And that you would wake us up to the dream of God. To the plan and the purpose of the Father for our lives. For our families and for this house. Father, I'm asking for breakthrough in the name of Jesus. 
I'm asking that you would awaken the sleepers, that you would bring a light and that you would shine it upon the darkness, Father. I'm praying that you would use this house as a living stone's work before you, Father, that you would come and inhabit this place, that you would work your power, that you would bring salvation, that you would release miracles that we can't even begin to fathom, God. I thank you that you're capable of doing more than we could ever hope or imagine. Father, would you expand our expectation? We repent for small expectations. We repent for our small faith. And we get out of that mentality. And we come into real kingdom faith before you, Lord. Would you break our boxes? Would you smash our walls? Would you expand our capacity for you, O Lord? Lord, let your lukewarm church catch fire. God, I pray for every church in Hendricks County that they would catch fire in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, that you would grip and encounter every pastor and every leader, that you would bring us back to your word, that you would cause us to stop rejecting the Holy Spirit in our meetings and in our personal lives. God, I pray for an outbreak of tongues and prophecy in this county and in this state. I pray, Father, that you would get all those who are sleeping, all those who have heard the truth, all those who have even experienced healing by you and who have gone astray Lord would you pull them back into your kingdom right now awaken the sleepers awaken the watchmen father would you come and break the apostles and prophets out of their caves out of their shame and bring them forth to declare the word of the Lord and embrace your cross Holy Spirit, we recognize that you say today, not tomorrow. Today, if you hear my voice, do not harden your heart. Lord, we want to respond today, right now. Fill us with a sense of urgency and hunger and expectation. Would you break off apathy? Give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Cause us to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me give you three quick things, okay, if you want to write these down. How should we respond to all of this? Number one is prayer. Prayer with fasting. That's why we have this up here. This building's going to be open. We're going to come and seek God. I implore you, take time off if you need to. Some of us missed work and appointments last week as it is. Prayer must be our highest priority individually and corporately. Number two is repentance. Are you surprised? Deeper and deeper layers. There's a greater conviction of sin that's coming, I'm telling you. We have not even scratched the surface on repenting before the Lord. Please do not abort in your heart what God is doing through repentance. We get pulled into repentance and then we pull ourselves out because it's painful. I encourage you to remain there as long as the Holy Spirit leads you. Don't sell short. And don't rescue other people from repentance. Amen. 
I'm telling you, the Spirit of God came to me over a year ago and said, Paul, beware of people who challenge your convictions because they have none of their own. Prayer, repentance. Number three is reconciliation. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 23 and 24, that if you're at the altar and you're presenting your gift or your sacrifice and you remember that your brother has something against you that you have to go and make it right. I believe that what we're seeing is an outbreak of repentance unto reconciliation. The members of this body are being reconciled to each other. We're being called to restore love, to ask for forgiveness and to repent. I'm telling you, we're not done this morning. There's more people that need to, you need to call. You need to contact. You need to do it today. You need to do it this afternoon. You need to say, hey, can we go to lunch? Because I need to repent to you for being critical or jealous or whatever the issues are. We need all of that stuff between us flushed out so the love of God can be poured out in power. So that you and I don't contaminate and disrupt what God wants to do in this body. Is that fair? So if you have an offense in your heart against anyone in this church, if you have an issue at all, please have the conversation. Please go and be reconciled and own it and say, I'm sorry, I've been carrying this. I haven't been able to let this go. And I want your forgiveness so that we can choose love and forgiveness rather than bitterness and division. Are you hearing me? Prayer, repentance reconciliation and here's what I feel like the Lord wanted me to do this morning would you stand to your feet I'm just going to have Taylor play here but I felt like the Lord asked me to anoint us with oil and I'm not special I'm just trying to be obedient but the Lord asked me to anoint us with oil this is anointing oil with frankincense and myrrh and this anointing oil, I believe, is to anoint us for burial. There's a woman in Matthew 26, it's also in Mark, where she comes and she anoints Jesus. And he says that she's done a good thing to me because she's preparing me for burial. And I believe that right now at our Father's house, if you call this place home and you're willing to submit to this, that God is asking us to prepare our lives for burial. That He's calling us to die to ourselves, to die to what we want. We need to die to what we want our Father's house to be. We need to repent for wanting to make this church fit our needs or meet our needs. And we need to allow God to define this place. I believe He's looking for the aroma of death everywhere. Dead to ourselves. Jesus said in order to love him, you must hate your own life. To follow him. I want to ask you, do you hate your life? Is Jesus your number one priority? I know that everybody can't commit to this because I don't want you to do this flippantly. I don't want you to do this with a half heart and then be held accountable before God that you did it, but then you didn't do it. So if you're willing to die... To yourself if you're wanting to be prepared for burial today I want to ask you to come forward and to fill these altars and just one by one I'm gonna take time and just anoint us for burial
and just beckon you to die, to embrace the cross of Christ, to go even lower, fill in close. I believe there's going to be a lot of us that are ready. God has been preparing us all these years as a fellowship. He's been laying the foundation of His Son here. Oh God, let conviction of sin come right now. Let holy fear grip us, oh Lord. Father, we're sorry, Lord. We repent of our sins. Forgive us for our apathy, oh God. Forgive us for playing church. Forgive us for our addictions and our pets and our secrets, Lord. Forgive us for making light of your gospel. Holy Spirit, would you break in right now? Holy Ghost, would you move in power? Just begin to pray with me. Lift up your voice to the Lord right now. Come on, we need a push right now. God's preparing this house. The soil of our heart is being tilled right now. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you break in? Break in, Holy Spirit. Some of us need to lay down our reputation right now. You need to begin to groan and travail. You need to give yourself over into intercession and stop praying nice prayers and begin to intercede before the throne of God. Some of you are getting your voice back right now in Jesus' name. The enemy has silenced you. He shuts you up. He's intimidated you. And I say this day, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, no more. You've got your voice back today. Let a rumble be heard in Avon, Indiana. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Oh God, kindle afresh every flame. More, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. Let the aroma of death go forth from this house. Dead to ourselves, dead to our dreams, dead to our desires. God, we say, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. us together how to intercede we're a house of prayer if you're not praying you're playing apathy is breaking off in Jesus name indifference is breaking off in Jesus name religion is leaving your thought life right now send your fire God your fire Holy Spirit were not our hearts burning within us when you spoke to us Lord cause a burning within let your word be like fire in our bones that we're weary of holding it in come on I'm asking you to pray like you've never prayed in your life I'm asking you to give yourself over to what God wants to do reputation. Lay down your plans. We're 
dead to sin and alive to Jesus Christ. We've been buried with Him. We want to be raised with you, Jesus. Break deception off of our minds. Silence the voice that says this is too radical. This is too much. Jesus, you're worthy of my life. You're worthy of my time. You're worthy of my finances. You're worthy of my marriage. You're worthy of my children. You can have my family. You can have it all, Lord.